by Sophie Ralston. Sophie, thank you so much for joining me. Now, I'm really excited to hear your story. So I do want to start at the very beginning. So please, can you just tell us a bit how you got into racing? Yeah, uh, so <clears throat> uh, I grew up in Ireland, in Galway, and I am not from a horsey background at all. We didn't have horses, um, but I just loved them. I was obsessed with them. I don't know why. I don't know where I came from. Um, I started helping out at a riding school and for the, the work I did, they gave me lessons in return. So that's how I learned to ride. And I was there every Saturday and during the summer, whenever I could be. And I remember working there once and somebody said to me, oh, you're small enough to be a jockey. And at the time I kind of went, yeah, I'd like to be a jockey. <laughs> and that was it. The seed was planted and I, the, the little idea never left me. And uh, yeah, here I am. <laughs> oh, nice. I was just going to say, my partner's from, well, he's from near Galway, Mayo. Is that near? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When did you come over to the UK then? Was it for your career? Yeah, it was. So I went through the Irish Racing School, the Racing Academy and Centre of Education. Um, prior to that, I'd been in the pony racing circuit a little bit. Um, I worked for a trainer called Tony Vegan. Uh, he'd be happy with the shout out. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, the, the racing school said to me, Sophie, there is more racing in the UK. There, there might be more opportunities for you as you're a girl. And um, I said, yeah, why not? So I moved over when I was 18. I worked for Pat Phelan in Epsom for five years. And um, yeah, I pretty much moved on to Dean Ivory after that. I had a short stint with Robert Mills, but he isn't training anymore. And um, yeah, now I've been at Dean's for almost two years now. So when you left the racing school, did they help you uh, kind of give you like a pathway of where to go and who to sort of contact? Oh, they did. Yeah, they were very good. Uh, I remember once they actually sent somebody over to visit me and check up that everything was going all right. Oh, yeah, they're very, very good. Very professional. Yeah. Oh, well, were you nervous when you first came over? Yeah, of course. Um, but I was excited too. Um, I, I remember one day that I kind of realised Oh, I, I can actually do whatever I want now and my parents aren't here to tell me off <laughs> I mean I didn't go mad or anything but there was a lovely sense of freedom and independence okay, so you came over from Ireland then to the UK and then you started work now I think I read somewhere that you stopped for a while is that correct I did um I had one year out in 2015 um where I just I just didn't have a jockey's license for that year uh, I was still riding out a little bit, but I sort of explored other career options um, just to make sure that I, there was some other kind of a job that I'd be able to do when I'm finished being a jockey. And uh, I worked in a pub for a little while. Uh, I even actually worked in a bookmaker's for a little bit uh, as a courier driver. <laughs> yeah, um, if that was it, working in the bookmaker's was nice to see the other side of racing, actually. Um, it was nice to meet the punters and to understand you know and to, to really fully understand they're only angry at jockeys and that when they've lost some money but really if they were to meet a real life jockey they're lovely people and they're very happy to meet them and talk to them and ask them a hundred questions um so yeah once I um you know I was satisfied okay yeah I could walk into another job and I'd be all right I wouldn't be jobless after I'm finished being a jockey um but then it also made me realize I really want to to be a jockey so I went back <laughs> when you're in the bookmakers it was on the, the tvs all the time so what actually made you think i'm going to go back into racing was it maybe seeing it all the time 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I um, I I felt like maybe that I had unfinished business, or you know, sitting here watching it on the TV. There's no buzz and thrill where I I knew that what the thrill felt like to race, and I thought, yeah, I can't be standing here watching it all the time. <laughs> Got to get back in the saddle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then, how did you plan on getting back into the back into racing if you had some time off? Um, I was kind of riding out still for Pat Phelan at the time and I remember just going back to him will you have me back full time and can I have a license again and he kind of went but but he said yeah and of course he supported me he was a great boss Uh, but I just moved on from there when I did because um, he only had a small number of horses and um, we we spoke a lot about um, you know who maybe I should go to and that kind of thing and uh, I had started riding out for Dean Ivory and I rode a winner for him um, before I started working for him. And uh, yeah, Pat supported me. He was very good. Um, I was sad to leave that there because it, that was a great job. Um, but I needed to go somewhere new to earn more opportunities where there's more horses for me to race. And yeah, I haven't looked back since. You actually um, advertised yourself, wasn't it, in the racing post. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I did. Um, so... In 2018, I won one of the apprentice competitions, the um, apprentice training series. So I'd had a really good year. Uh, I was getting quite a few rides. And when I turned 26 years old, because I'm actually 28 years old, um, I um, became a professional. Um, So that meant I could still claim, but I couldn't ride in apprentice races anymore. And I just felt that I wasn't getting so many rides and um, you know, I, I was desperate because I was I was saying to people, I can still claim you can still use me. The only races I can't ride in are apprentice races. And I was riding out a little bit here and there. But, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy being a reliable member of staff as well. I want to be here full time for the trainer I'm working for and, you know, be good to him. And um, so I just thought, oh, I need to, to contact people somehow and just let them know, you know, I'm still here. I can do any weight. I'm, you know, dying to ride in races. So I just, uh, yeah, I wrote a letter to the Racing Post. <laughs> and uh, I think um, at the time I sort of, like, I felt, oh, this could backfire. You know, I don't know how other jockeys will, you know, they might say, oh, you know, Sophie, who do you think you are kind of thing. But actually, only positive stuff came from it. And I read it back today, just before this interview, just to, um, you know, just refresh my memory. And I like I even sort of say to myself, yeah, but, you know, there was no, no harm came from it. Why? Why not have done it? And yeah, you know, and the same still still applies. I'm still riding. <laughs> if trainers want to use me, you know, I'm here. Did the racing post take it then when you um when you sent that in that letter were they sort of quite welcoming to it maybe did they say you know perhaps write your advert differently uh no yeah um they they didn't change anything they uh, accepted it for what it was and said oh that's a real interesting piece Sophie and to be honest I wasn't even sure whether they would actually publish it but they did and um so much came from that Uh, I was actually invited onto um BBC radio to talk about it and I was thinking, you know, it's just a letter, like, but um, yeah, uh, then I, I had a couple of rides come from the letter. And I always said, even if I got just one extra ride, it would have been worth it. Just one new contact. And yeah, I, I, that did happen. Uh, so, um, yeah. And then I, yeah, the Racing Post interviewed me after that. 
um, the you know the piece where they ask you a whole lot of questions about yourself and that was quite nice I enjoy all that <laughs> yeah, good came from it but before you did yeah. did you ever have anyone just say oh I don't know if you should do that maybe make you not want to do it uh, no because I didn't discuss it with anybody I just um, did it <laughs> That's yeah. probably the best thing to do, actually, just go ahead and do it. No, I think yeah. because it's almost like thinking outside the box, isn't it? Just kind of thinking, how else can I do that? Do you know anyone else that does that kind of thing now since you've done it? Um, no, I, I don't know of anyone who's doing something unusual like that, but uh, I'm not actually on any social media myself. So maybe it's happening a little bit on social media and I don't know about it, but I keep off social media myself. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I think um, jockeys are sort of, um, you know, these, you'd have people sending quite abusive messages. And I just, you know, I know myself when I've given one a bad ride, I don't need anyone else to tell me. So I'm not going to open myself up to all that. Do you reckon you'll ever get social media? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, there is some people encouraging me saying you maybe should do, but uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think I'd spend too much time on it, actually. I'd, I'd need to be, like, really keeping on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, does some jockeys have to have someone run their social media for them because they haven't got time? Yeah, I'd imagine so, yeah. I don't know wh where they'd have time to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, we'd love now to skip back um, in the story to uh, your first ride. Do you remember your first ride? Yeah, I do. Uh, I actually finished second on my first ride. I don't remember much about the race itself, but I remember the, the buzz. And even though I'd done pony racing, there was some other thrill about riding on a bigger track. And, you know, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. And um, then on the same horse, only a few days later, I won my second race. Uh, so I got off to a really good start. Uh, it went a little bit downhill for a while after that but that's racing there's ups and downs and I think it was always going to be slightly difficult for a while after getting off to such a good start um you know then there was there was going to be a few bad days of course you know there's a lot of losing that happens in racing when you're a jockey um yeah so that, that was lovely how do you stay positive and you know keep focused and your eye on the prizes entity uh, well I yeah keep off the social media because I don't want to hear or see any negative stuff um, um you just it's um something that you learn to get used to you're never fully used to it you know it's um you put so much work and effort and all your time and you dedicate yourself completely and it is frustrating when you you lose or you know if you've done something wrong yourself and you kind of know it or maybe you haven't done anything wrong and the horse just hasn't performed for you. Um, but you just um, kind of have to compartmentalize and put it to one side and just focus on the positive things. And yeah, it can be difficult enough sometimes, um, but it's just something you have to try to get used to. And it's part of the job and you just have to accept it and then go, okay, right, move on. I've learned this from that experience. Let's go next time. But sometimes in the, position that I'm in now you know if, if you do if something goes wrong because there are so many other jockeys um it's you know you kind of need to be getting it right and then you're putting this extra pressure on yourself so it is hard but you know you have to you know we're only human <laughs> how do you prepare for a race um I um if if I knew um you know two days before okay there's 12 horses in the race I'm in gate seven or whatever um just you know 
write down everything that I do know. I do, t I, I love, you know, making lists of things. So I'll write down a few bits and pieces. Um, just uh, check who, um, who might make the run-in in the race or um, that kind of thing. I'd watch back replays of other horses running and try to prepare myself as best I can. So um, if I can have an image in my head of exactly how I would like the race to go and what I want to do, um I will you know I'll do my best to do that but then you also need a sort of a plan b and a plan c <laughs> yeah I was gonna say because it goes so quickly and you know if you're just yeah. starting out in the race if you've got an idea how you think it may go but then it changes how do you kind of deal with that because it is so quick it's so quick and that does throw you a little bit and um, say if you were meant to be up near the front and you look around and you realize oh my god I'm at the back yeah, you need to you need to then go, OK, accept I'm here now and then be looking ahead and thinking, OK, I need to weave my way up through there as we turn the last home bend for home or, or whatever and keep an eye out on horses that um, look like they're coming off the bridle and they might suddenly come backwards. Uh, yeah, you just and that's you just learn the more you rise, the more you learn how to cope with that. And if you're in but, front, yeah. how do you keep an eye on them when they're behind, you know, like, because I suppose you can't hear either because the it's going so quick in the wind. Yeah, you can't hear them, actually. Yeah, with the wind. Um, shadows would help sometimes. Um, but you just need to trust yourself that um, you're going the correct pace. And um, if you're going very slow, a few of them will shout from behind, go on. <laughs> and if you're going very fast, I mean, you're not going to know unless you look behind. Um, you just need to trust your own instincts and, you know, and the horse and do your best to go as sensibly and consistently as you can. And, um, you know, that's, you know, and then I keep remember where the line is and where you want to be right, build, build enough to, to go to, to make your sprint for home. Yeah. And as I say, if you've studied the other horse's forms and then they're not performing how you thought they would, I suppose that, you know, throws things into the mix as well, because then you've got to think about that and, yeah it does um I remember once um one of the jockeys told me okay I'm I'm gonna make the running Sophie and I'll go nice and fast and I was saying oh okay I was told to make the running and then I discussed it with my trainer and this the trainer said to me okay if they're going just follow them it's all right you know they'll go a good gallop and they jumped out got to the front and went really slow um but I didn't have the experience at the time to to realize okay right they're going slower than they said they would and to go and go past them or sit beside them or push you know um yeah so that's it's just all learning and experience around the time when you first started did you for example if you're going into a race and you knew someone who had loads of experience would you then sort of tend to follow them more and keep behind them perhaps yeah a bit um i i was hoping they'd all look after me and they did and they you know they'd be they'd take you under their wing a little bit um, I like the <clears throat> the camaraderie down at the start of the race where you have a little chat because there does be a little discussion about who might go in front. Um, but when you start having some success and some winners, they don't speak to you. <laughs> they don't oh. love you out so much anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. imagine. And I suppose it's yeah. quite, well, actually, I, well, I was going to say, I suppose it'd be quite a nerve wracking time at the post. But if everyone's sort of chatting, it probably would calm your nerves if you're just starting out. Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, that's um, sort of, I think, you know, you're on board, you're on the horse now, you're there to do it. Um, of course, you'd have adrenaline going, but it's it's not the most nervous time of the race for me, no. When would Maybe, that... but my, I think, 
maybe before I get legged on, I think when you're standing, speaking to owners and well, the owners don't come to the races now at the moment. Um, but yeah, when you're meeting people and speaking to them, um, you're, you're kind of going through the motions. And uh, sometimes when I come back in, as soon as I'm on the horse, I'm fine. But sometimes I come back in and the same people would be speaking to me again. And I'd be thinking, did I meet you before the race? Because <laughs> you're, you're that nervous. You're not taking it in. Like, <laughs> What are you hopeful then uh, as the, you know, as we start off into the year, what are you looking to achieve? Uh, I just, I had two very, very good years where um, I rode sort of very good years. For me, I rode kind of nine winners and then uh, another year, 11 winners. And um, I don't know how realistic that is um, this year for me because uh, with COVID and everything, I don't know, it's difficult. But um, just to continue riding, stay injury free, um, get as many rides as I can and hopefully have some winners. Um, so my own trainer, Dean Ivory, supports me a lot. But unfortunately, due to COVID, some of his owners, they've just said to him, we can't have racehorses anymore, sorry. And they've, they've had to take them away, unfortunately. So he has reduced his number of horses significantly now. But he's, he's given me, you know, I ride as many of them as, as I can here. Um, so I hope some of them can win. <laughs> he's, Dean himself has had a, a difficult few months, uh, but he's due. They're, they are due to start coming into form now again soon. Oh, brilliant. And going forward then with starting to open up, how, uh, what measures are put into place for COVID for you and what changes? um in um some some of the things I quite like about it but other things I don't like I miss the crowds big time they they do make a big difference it makes it feel like at the races at the moment that it's just very much sort of work you're just going there to work the kind of the buzz and the crack has gone out of it for me at the minute um because because I'm a girl you'd have you know people saying oh there's a girl and little kids running up to you asking you for your autograph and that kind of thing and I love all that so it's sad that that's gone um in our changing rooms at the minute um where there's we're sort of partitioned off from each other so there's one person here one person two meters away I like that I like the privacy in your own space um yeah the one-way systems so <laughs> I'm very light and sometimes I'd have an awful lot of lead in my saddle. You have to walk very far around the one-way system with your saddle after the race when you're tired. Um, that's kind of annoying. But yeah, no, we are in a very, very privileged position that we've been able to continue racing throughout this. We're very lucky. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad that I was able to continue working. And yeah, I do appreciate that we're, we're in a privileged position. Is it hard having to wear your mask, you know, after a race as well, especially with your body temperature being really warm and you have to put a mask on? It is, yeah. Um, you get used to it. Um, the masks, I like them in the beginning because if you're riding on the all weather, the, you don't get the kickback in your face, the sand or whatever kicking back in your face. Um, so I liked it for that. Um, but yeah, if you've, if you've had a, a really difficult horse or you're very tired at the end of the race, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, you can't catch your breath, you know, but you, you're, you're allowed to pull it down for a couple of seconds, catch your breath, put it back on. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's annoying. It's not so bad here um, in England, you know, it's cold. I rode in Cyprus for the winter and yeah, we had to wear them over there in 21 degree heat and oh, that was, that was hot. <laughs> what was that like riding in Cyprus? Yeah, it was very good. So I've done uh, a few trips over there now. Um, this year I spent the winter there. Uh, 
I became champion female, but there's only myself and one other girl riding. But I'll still, you know, I'll take it as long as people don't ask me too many questions about it. <laughs> I like being able to say it. Um, yeah, I, I loved that. Yeah. Um, in six weeks, I had 57 rides. So I was popular over there because I could do the lightweights. And um, there's not so many jockeys ride there. There's only the one race course. So there's not all this traveling all over the country and uh, you do the the track work there in the morning so I was riding you know kind of 11 horses every morning my record there was 18 horses I was quite tired after that <laughs> and um in one day I rode in every race on the carriage so that was nine races one day mm-hmm. and it was great to have that experience and you know get fit and strong and it was lovely to be in demand it was very nice so when you're not riding as much, how do you stay fit? Do you, do you run or the gym? Yeah, um, I power walk. Um, I do I do enjoy running, but um, I have one, an old injury that flares up sometimes. So I'll power walk. Um, and I just do some strength and fitness exercises. And uh, I'm working hard here every day. That's, you know, keeping me, keeping me going as well. <laughs> Prince Philip passed away recently. That was very sad. I met him actually in Ireland. Did so you? when I was at the, the, yeah, when I was at the racing school, um, we, um, the Queen and Philip came to, to visit. I shouldn't call him Philip. His, <laughs> the Duke of Edinburgh came to visit. And um, the racing school, we had a sort of a display on for her at the Irish Nas- National Stud where she came to visit. And I was lucky enough to be on the equisizer, the mechanical horse for her that day. And Philip said to me, oh, can you make it go any faster? <laughs> and of course, all the reporters picked up on that. So yeah, he launched me into fame for a couple of days. So uh, that was quite nice. And it was, it was lovely to um, honour him, you know, and um, pay our respects by wearing the black armbands when we were race riding last week yeah. for the week of mourning. So that was nice. Would you say that was one of your most memorable moments then? In like your it would have been, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for I'm sure. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. I've had a 100 to 1 winner. I don't know if every jockey is able to say that. I'm quite oh, proud no, of that, that one. Was, when was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was at Bath on a horse called Valentine Mist for trainer James Grassick. And it was actually his first ever win as a trainer. <laughs> so that was a great day as well. That was another one of my most memorable moments for sure. What was the feeling like when you won? Uh, I didn't quite believe that I had won because I knew that I was 100 to 1. Um, I'd ridden her before and, you know, we'd come last every time. And um, as I was pushing, you know, within, there was kind of three furlongs to go and I was thinking any second now they'll all come past me. And then we were still in front with two furlongs to go and I was thinking any second now they'll come. And I was still thinking that all the way to the last stride. <laughs> and I think we won by, I don't know, less than half a length in the end. So that was quite cool. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I suppose when you, you know, if you've just won, are you kind of still a bit like, oh my gosh, have I really won? Because I can imagine with all the adrenaline and everything, everything happens so quick. And then suddenly, you know, you've won. Yeah. There was a bit of that that day. Yeah, for sure. Um, sometimes um I hate it when jockeys say oh I needed that but I also understand it sometimes you'd win and you just feel a massive sense of relief and you're thinking oh okay I did it you know I needed to do it because there was pressure from owners or trainers or I really needed it for myself and 
So yeah, that's that's not very nice when you just feel this relief. Of course, it is nice when you've achieved it, but it's it's lovely to be winning regularly enough where you can really enjoy it, really enjoy the moment, and think, yes, right, when's my next one? <laughs> <laughs> and you get the race <laughs> on to the next. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite thing about racing in the industry? Um. For me personally, um, I've had lots and lots of opportunities and um, I've traveled all over the world. Um, so, like, you know, if you look me up, OK, at the moment, I've only ridden 33 winners. Um, but uh, two of those are abroad. One was in Sweden, one was in Cyprus. Um, and I think uh, being a girl in the industry has been a massive advantage to me. Um, racing is fun, like it's a fantastic platform where boys and girls can compete on an equal level and, you know, that's it's brilliant it's lovely to be able to say that you know that I that we are fully supported and yeah because I'm a girl um I've I've been sent to ride in competitions that are just for girls you know <laughs> and so I've traveled to um Germany Spain Morocco Sweden Abu Dhabi um all over the place and yeah I've had some really wonderful trips uh, just and I've actually managed to represent my country on a few occasions so I represented Ireland uh, I was fourth in the Women's World Cup in um, 20, I don't know what year now, I thought I had it written down. Okay, anyway, a couple of years ago. <laughs> so that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. What, what was your favourite country to race in? Um, uh, probably, mm, I don't know, all of them. They were all very different. Yeah, yeah um, I wouldn't have a favourite in particular. Um, Cyprus, of course, because I, I stayed there for a longer amount of time and, um, you know, people, people wanted to use me on their horses, which was really nice. You know, sometimes I had to choose which horses I wanted to ride. And that was a lovely position to be in. Like, you know, there's more successful jockeys who are in that position every day. And uh, it was nice to experience that. Racing is funny, like, um when I'm in the weigh room with all these jockeys you know I need to be professional and compose myself properly around them but there's there's all these very successful top jockeys that you know I'm still in awe of a little bit you know they're my idols they're they're my heroes um but you know I need to you know be professional and be one of them while I'm with them when really I'd love to just sit down and have a chat with them and stuff <laughs> yeah so it's it's a, it is it's a funny sport that way <laughs> Who is your racing hero? Uh, it would have to be Holly Doyle at the moment. Oh my God, she's just amazing. Like I, she's she just keeps achieving and achieving, and she's she's just amazing. She's so committed and dedicated to it. If she's not riding a horse, she's in the gym exercising, and she's small enough that she was able to afford to put on muscle and get herself really strong. And she is such a nice person. Like I'm in the weigh room with her a lot. It would be awful if I really didn't like her. Can you imagine? But she, if she, if she was, you know, not a nice person. But she's so lovely to be around. She's amazing. Well, thank you so much. Um, that's really all my questions. Thank okay, so I enjoyed that. Out. That was good. Thank you, <laughs> all right, well, have a lovely rest of your day. Cool. Okay. Thanks. Bye. 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 New betting people interviews are published every week at Star Sports exclusive interviews with the key people from the world of sports betting. Check out our full library of interviews at starsportsbet.co.uk. BeGambleAware.org. Over 18 only.